Wine Work and Passion is brought to you by the Napa Valley Wine Academy, America's premier wine school and two-time winner of the WSET Global Wine Educator of the Year Award. You can find a course that's right for you at NapaValleyWineAcademy.com and use the code in our show notes for a special discount. Welcome, wine enthusiasts and job seekers. I'm your host, Karen Wetzel, and Wine, Work, and Passion is the podcast where we inspire you to make a career out of your passion for wine. In this episode, we are all about helping you increase your odds of finding the wine job of your dreams. To that end, my guest today is Cindy Peck, Director of Career Strategy at Drucker School of Management. Cindy will set you up for a job search success by sharing her expertise on how to showcase you and your personal brand in the best possible image as you promote yourself through networking and LinkedIn. This is your opportunity to get solid professional advice from a career strategy expert. So grab some paper and a pen. You're going to want to take notes. Hi, Cindy. Welcome to Wine, Work, and Passion. How are you today? I'm great, Karen. How are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for being a guest today. Can you tell our audience who you are and what you do in the wine industry? Well, sure. Um, So I'm Cindy Peck, and currently I actually work full-time as a career strategy director at the Drucker School of Management, the Claremont Colleges, uh, basically assisting MBA students on their job searches. But I am also a part-time wine associate at a local bottle shop and tasting room called Third Street Wine in Laverne. Oh, great. So you're a busy gal. <laughs> indeed, indeed. I love it. Very good. Very good. Um, so one of the, you know, I like to tell the audience why why we're here talking today. And uh, you were in our WSET classes at the Napa Valley Wine Academy. And then you signed up for a career coaching class with me a while ago. And that's how we kind of got to know each other. And, you know, and you've reached out, you've been very sweet to reach out and kind of keep me posted. And uh, it's all been good getting to know you. And the last time you and I spoke, uh, we were talking about all kinds of things. And that's when I really realized that you are a job search genius. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're, you know, you, you have a lot of great insights, not just for the wine industry, but, but we'll talk about it more specifically about the wine industry today. Um, uh, you know, to help people really navigate the scene when it comes to finding your way in, finding jobs, you know, promoting yourself, um, all that kind of thing. So I really, I'm, I'm super excited to have you. And I, I know the audience is going to get a lot out of, a lot of really good action items um, out of this conversation. So I'm great, really, really excited about it. So um, my first question is always, uh, what were you drinking in your glass the last time you had a glass of wine? Well, I love that question. And as I was saying earlier, I actually, this this is uh, something that was always flowing in our house is a nice glass of Prosecco. Uh, oh, we just it. love to love to have that either just all on its own or sometimes with a cocktail. It's delicious. A little Aperol spritzer maybe? Yes, yes, <laughs> all it. that. Love it. Have you been to up uh, to Northern Italy? I have not. That is definitely on my bucket list in the next year or two. Um, I've well, got I will plans. tell you, <laughs> I've been to the Prosecco region. I was very, very lucky to get invited to go there and tour. 
And I will tell you, mind-blowingly beautiful. Really one of the top most beautiful wine regions I've ever been to. Maybe one of the top three. And so I highly recommend it. It's just north of Venice. So you can get there if you're hanging out in Venice. You can take a day trip. It's really, really beautiful. And, you know, they make all kinds of different style, not all kinds, but they make several different styles of Prosecco too and, and different price points. We think Prosecco is sort of simple, but they make some really complex Proseccos up there. So anyway, I digress. Okay. So tell us who you are, what's going on. What is, what's happened in your life, Cindy? Give us your, your wine, your history, not necessarily just of wine, but give us who you are. <laughs> sure. Sure. Well, I was originally born in Miami, Florida. So I'm a, I'm a Florida girl. Um, to the core, but uh, made my way through southern states, Georgia, Tennessee, Mississippi, uh, landed here in California quite a while ago. I won't say how long, but um, this is definitely my new home. And I currently live just outside of Los Angeles uh, right now with my husband, who is actually a pastor. And um, we have several dogs and occasionally also one or more of our kids as we have a blended family of nine grown children. Oh my goodness. So we've, got, we've got a full house most days. <laughs> oh, well, that yeah. keeps it interesting. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So what kind of work have you done over the course of your of your life? Sure, sure. So um I um I have, you know, about 17 years of experience in higher education. Um, that's been kind of the majority of my, uh, my work experience. Um, I also have worked, um, at Amazon, uh, one of the, at one of the states, the uh, America's actually, uh, largest delivery stations in the world. That was kind of fun and exciting and learned a lot there about logistics and how to get things going and, uh, managing a whole lot of employees. Um, also done some things in direct sales, um, and entrepreneurship, leading my own team with those things. And, um, and then most recently, also working um, in the wine industry, um, doing a couple of things there in retail and um, in service of wine and wine bottles. Loving it. Yeah. Now, what, what is it about the wine industry that, because I know your full-time job is not necessarily wine-centric, it's job-centric, sure. but what is it about the wine industry? What, what draws you into this industry? Sure. So my, you know, kind of wine journey, um, I actually grew up in an Italian family where there was something always flowing in your glass um, <laughs> at gatherings. But it wasn't really until I moved out to California that I began to grow in my own interests of wine in particular. And my experience, uh, my first experience going up to the Central Coast in California, um, stopping at a vineyard tasting room, hearing the story of the winemaker's family and their love for the land, I was hooked. Um, from that point on, I began tasting all sorts of brands and varietals just out of interest and intrigue, you know, enjoying all of it with friends and um, adding experiences that continued to feed my passion. Studying and then working in a business school, I began to study the wine business as well and possible careers in the field, reading, watching movies, you know, um, documentaries, visiting more vineyards. I even weaved it into my master's final paper titled Wine and the Local Grocer, uh, focusing on marketing and buying practices of most consumers. Um, and that really, again, just kind of continued to feed, feed that passion. It became clear that I needed to pursue this passion and study wine professionally at some point, but I wasn't sure when that was going to be. 
And really when, um, when my position was eliminated from the university at the beginning of the pandemic, like many others, um, everything just, you know, went online at that point. And I figured now's the time to enroll, you know, and to begin, begin this journey seriously and to really kind of set out to, to pursue that. Um, that was when I offered to volunteer at the local wine shop because I was just like, hey, I'll just hang out with you guys and learn some things. And um, they were like, we would pay you. <laughs> I was like, well, even better. <laughs> so, yay. Um, so, yeah, you know, just kind of did that. That's obviously when I um, enrolled in the WSET1 course as well and met you. And um, uh, later took a job at another uh, big retail place as well and really began to kind of handle more and more labels and kind of be able to study for WSET 2. Um, I just kind of enrolled right away after finishing uh, the first one and, you know, really just kind of realized like many, you know, during the pandemic that my work can't just be a job. It can't be that thing that I just go to every day, but there must be some passion behind what I do on a daily basis in order for it to be sustainable long-term and really found that in the wine industry, just the the connection to people and land and place. And of course, the delicious wines that you get to experience with it. Yeah. Well, as I always say, being in the wine industry isn't a career, it's a lifestyle. Indeed. And most of us who get in never go out, (laughs) never get out. We don't even want to get out. So very rarely anyways, it happens once in a while. Well, that's great. So what I love about having you on as a guest is you bring two really cool perspectives in that, you know, you are, um, you know, you know a lot about helping people find work, where to look, how to market themselves, but also you do see the the wine side of things. And I, and I have to say, as you were talking and you went to this wine shop and just said, can I just hang out and learn? You know, you're you're not alone. A lot of my coaching clients do that, and have and it has led to jobs. If you're working in a retail shop or a restaurant, to you know, to maybe even as much or a wine bar, you know, you're you're touching and feeling labels. It's a great way to learn about wine is reading labels, especially if you're not comfortable with European wines. Um, you're meeting like-minded people. You're learning more about what you like. And you're also meeting other people in the industry. You're meeting sales reps and supplier reps and all kinds of other people. Um, so I think that that is a great, it, you know, you have, it shows great initiative, but it didn't, you thought you were just going to volunteer and you ended up with an actual job, which is kind of yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. Surprise. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I'm a few years later, still working there. <laughs> well, can't, can't let it go. Can't let it go. Right. No, so you can have the, the best of both worlds. So um, let's talk about your role as director of career strategy at Druckers. You know, what is your role like? What do you actually do? And that probably leads to how you became sort of a job search and maybe LinkedIn specialist, which is the Mm -hmm. things we're going to focus on today. So tell us about your role, your current role. Sure, sure. So, um, you know, I mentioned during the pandemic, you know, really trying to think about that career shift. And uh, what I might not have mentioned was that I actually had six different jobs during the pandemic um, that I actually applied for and landed six different jobs, which means oh, wow. I applied for more than that. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. But and you are, um, so wait, I just want to say, so that means you truly are a job search expert. So it, you 
definitely qualified me, yeah, <laughs> for that part, um, for this particular role that I'm in right now. But also in all of those roles, um, what I really found that was that I was like the unofficial, um, you know, career counselor for all those around me, whether it was friends or coworkers or people in the workplace that were trying to promote up. Um, they would often come to me and say, oh, Cindy, could you help me prepare for this interview? Or would you take a look at my resume? Or, um, you know, can you help me think about where else I might be able to search for jobs in this field? Um, and so that being the case, you know, when a former colleague came to me uh, about this position at Claremont Colleges um, and told me about this role, it just made sense that I just step in and do what I was already kind of doing, you know, everywhere else anyways. Uh, naturally. Right. And so my role uh, here at the Drucker School of Management, um, it's uh, housed within the uh, Claremont Graduate University, which is part of the Claremont uh, Colleges. They're kind of designed to be this sort of Oxford style of colleges with, that share resources and are uh, located really side by side uh, one another with these beautiful buildings and academically regal halls and doorways and fountains and well-manicured lawns, but it's just a, a truly fantastic place to be um, in higher ed, working with specifically with graduate students um, and even more specifically business-minded graduate students. So MBA and financial engineering, finance students uh, that are finishing up and getting ready to launch either a new career or maybe to get promotions within their field that they're already in. And so really just helping them to fine tune um, their career search and land the job of their dreams as well. Um, and so it's been fun um, working with alumni from there as well. In fact, um, probably about the time that this show airs, we'll be launching uh, these mock interviews, which will be our second annual uh, mock interviews where uh, alumni come back and volunteer uh, as well as some industry uh recruiters and the specialists in the field that will help them to practice interviewing skills. And so I just think that's fun to be able to help others kind of do those things that um, that I had to do, but that we all have to do at some point or another. And we don't always think about spending a lot of time, you know, practicing on those things. Right. No, I think, you know, I think practicing is, is a, for an interview is a great idea. So you said that you help people fine tune their, you know, their, their resume and their approach and then also land the job of their dreams. So my next question is kind of a big one. Can you help us fine tune our resume and land the job of our dreams? So where, where would you start if someone, someone's listening and they're thinking, gosh, um, you know, I, I want to learn more. What, what can you do to help? So is it starting, they have to sort of start with themselves, right? Sure, sure. You know, the biggest thing that I tell uh, students all the time, because I'll, I'll meet with them even before they start their program, is that it's going to take a time commitment on their part. That um, my, my famous quote is, looking for a job is a full-time job. Um, and anybody who's ever been on a job search is nodding their head right now because they know that when you're looking for work, whether you're in currently employed or not, looking for a job is a full-time job in and of itself. And so really trying to dedicate some routine time is going to be um, just crucial in that search. And so the first piece of homework that I even give my students or you know, tell people when they're looking for work is, okay, start with your calendar. Now make an appointment with yourself that you literally calendar in on your calendar officially. You know, maybe it's an hour, two to three times a week, or maybe it's the first 30 minutes of every day 
whenever that time of day is when you're going to be, you know, your best self to be on the job search, maybe for some it's in the morning, maybe for others it's at night. Um, Whenever that time is, schedule it on your calendar that you're going to work on your professional development during that time from now until the time you find one, you know, until you land that job. And that is really the biggest thing, you know, to, to get started because you're going to work on that, you know, maybe on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, on Mondays, you're working on resumes, Wednesdays, you're working on, you know, branding and networking. And on Fridays, you're job searching and applying, but whatever it is like calendar that time out to spend. Cause that's, that's the one thing people often forget about. And they also give up on because they think like, oh, I just don't have time for this. You do. It's just, <laughs> you got to schedule right. it out make it a priority. Right, right, right. No, I get that. And you mentioned um, branding yourself or personal brand. You referred right. to that. And I'd like before, you know, and, and I know that's very important, but, and I understand what it is, but I don't know if everybody does. Can you talk about what, what is a personal brand and why is it important? Sure. And so when I think about personal brand um, in the professional sense and when you're on the job search, it's really that image, that billboard that um, is going to be your advertisement to display everything you want future employers and colleagues to know. Um, And so when you think about that, it includes like your work, mission, vision, where you want to be, what you want to do, what you don't want to do, you know, all of those things are kind of incorporated in that um, and really kind of taking some time to think through this part and map it out, write it out with words or pictures or, you know, sometimes putting together some images um, is helpful. If you do this part, the rest is going to be you know, so much easier. Um, But it's something that we don't always, you know, think about is like writing a personal mission statement, you know, for work, or thinking about what it is specifically that we want to do. And I know, yeah, even for me, you know, when I was pivoting, it it gets a little blurry sometimes. And then you're like, wait, what do I want to (laughs) do? You know, what am I what am I open to? And what am I not open to? And all of those things. Yeah, it's kind of your identity. I think of it as sort of your your, your identity and, and, and what you want to put out to the world. It's not like an Instagram account where your brand is your photos and your, you know, that type of thing. Although it, it is in, in a way, but it's really the, the impression, the image you want to leave or put out there to prospective employees, employers rather, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed. And in fact, I'll say a little more about this um, when we talk about LinkedIn, but um, you know, I, when I think about your professional brand in particular, it's different than what you would put on social media for right. maybe your Insta page or your Facebook or wherever else you are, Twitter. Um, and it's different because it's the image that it's not one that you're making up, but it's your work image. It's not just those personal pieces, um, but really, you know, the things that how you work and what kinds of work you want to do and the things you want to be associated with in the workplace and really thinking through that part. So how does somebody create a brand or, or you know, somebody who's never heard this term before and they're thinking, God, where do I start? Sure, sure. Pen to paper and write a list of attribute work, you know, professional attributes. Is that a good place to start? 
Um, that could be part of it. Um, I think there's lots of different things we can do, you know, as activities. And obviously, I have, I have a full time job, you know, helping people think through some of this stuff. But um, some of it could even be just answering the question, you know, and having a question answer ready for the tell me about yourself. We've referred to it before as like the elevator pitch um, or like the summary statement that you might put on the top of a resume. Um, and really thinking about, you know, what would I say if I was answering that first question of the interview or if I was just networking with others, you know, at an event? Um, and again, oftentimes we forget to prepare for this part and thinking like, oh, I'll just know what to say, but we don't really right. like sketch it out. And so it might come from writing it out. It might come from thinking about some images if you're a more creative type. You know, I realize there's different kinds of people and we all, you know, kind of associate and connect with some different learning tools. It might even come from asking others. I mean, one of the things I did even was called a former intern, you know, and said, hey, can you remind me of some of the projects we worked on? And, you know, what really stuck out to you is something that we did that was really great or, you know, places right. asking others for, you know, their, their thoughts about the way you work and um, things that they remember about working with you. It feels weird at first, but then it's like, okay, this is like my whole image as opposed to just what I think about it, which can sometimes be, you know, kind yeah. of uh, tainted as well, you know, because right. we, we, well, it we gives you a broader people. perspective when you, when you ask other people for, right. for so what kind of things make up your brand? Sure, sure. So, um, all sorts of stuff. Your obviously your stuff you'd put on a resume, like your education and training and certifications. You know, specifically thinking about those items of relevance for where you want to go. Um, I I even tell students when I'm meeting with them, my and the reason I'm called a career strategy director as opposed to just career counselor or job finder. You know is because I really want to think about where do you want to be eventually? Like if you could close your eyes and dream and land there. And now let's work backwards from there. Um, as opposed to let's just start taking steps towards that. Cause sometimes we don't know what the steps are. And, um, and so kind of figuring that out. How do you know the path to somewhere if you don't know where somewhere is? Right. Right. And so trying to think about sometimes working backwards is helpful. Um, then, you know, like thinking about, yeah, what are those like education training certificates that are needed, you know, to get there? What also is my work experience and what have I done that's helping me to get to the next job? Like where's my experience and skill set, you know, help um, helped me to learn those transferable skills that are needed for the next thing? Because maybe I don't have, you know, what's needed to, you know, land this job today but if, if I have the transferable skills that will land the next job that maybe then land the next job towards that goal, then that's going to be helpful to think through as well. Volunteer and leadership experience. Like I mentioned, you know, volunteering for the, the wine shop or for an event to be a server or, you know, all those kinds of things yeah. can help. Um, as well as like leadership roles where you've taken the lead on something. It could be, you know, um, you know, local sports, kids sports team, or it could be, you know, for team leader on a project in the office, or it could even be, you know, for uh, community activities that right. you've kind of taken the lead on and really thinking about how to highlight those and really kind of pull out the key skills from that. You know, we think about volunteering and if you're, if you're a little short on experience in the wine industry, but that's the direction you want to go in, 
volunteering can be a great way to fill those gaps. And one of the things I encourage you to do, you know, one, it's really funny. Charities have realized that if they promote wine dinners, they sell a lot of tickets and make a lot of money for their charities. And so these charities are frequently looking for people to pour wine at the events. A lot of wine people attend the events. Great for, you know, we'll talk about networking in a minute, but, um, you know, there are, there are a lot of volunteer, you know, opportunities within your community to work a, a wine dinner or something like that, um, that sort of get, that would look nice on your resume. Those are, those are great places to look for sure. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about stalking others a little bit too, and finding out where they volunteered that sometimes gives us ideas as well. Right. Right. Um, also just thinking about like, what are our key strengths that maybe aren't necessarily work or volunteer experience, but like what, you know, what are other people saying about me, uh, you know, about my character, about the way that I work, about my passions and my interests, um, that are relevant to work. Obviously my, my wine uh, passion didn't start with work. It started with just, you know, being interested and in trying and tasting and going to a vineyard, but um, that right. eventually played out. And then I, you know, all of a sudden discover like, I'm really good at the service and hospitality thing, you know, right. and that that is part of, part of how those two things can play together. Yeah. I think the two big buzzwords on a resume, if you're looking to get in the industry that can help overcome uh, maybe a little bit of lack of experience would be people skills you know, the ability to connect with people and relationship building. That's a big one. Um, because really in the end, wine, you know, wine's a very emotional product. We, we oftentimes make decisions to buy a wine or to enjoy a wine or to work for a wine company based on emotion. And so those are, those are really, I think, important things to have within those key strengths. For sure. I think too, you know, huge corporate uh, institutions and companies, you know, whether they're in the business field or um, those sorts of things, whether I've been there personally, but I've also talked to lots of recruiters. And the mm -hmm. one thing they always say that they're looking for is somebody that they want to be on their team. That's the thing you can't teach. They're right. like, I can teach the technical skills that we need for this particular job. I can teach, you know, our programs and that sort of thing. But what I can't teach is how to interact with others and, um, how to really be a team player. Uh, and so I would say that's another thing that I just kind of incorporate into your personal brand is like, you know, include something personal about you, you know, that human side of you, the teammate factor. Talk about what you do in your free time or hobby. Again, you're keeping it professional. You're not saying too much, but say <laughs> something interesting that you do, you know, for fun or an interesting fact that others want to get to know about you a little more. Um, right. That show that like you're gonna be you're gonna be an excellent team member and there it's gonna last a while. It's not just gonna be you're there to work as a robot and get this job done, but it, you also are gonna add to the team in lots of other ways as well. I think when people write down that they speak um, another language, I think language is kind of it always piques my interest when I'm looking at a resume. That and musical talent, you know, if you can play an instrument, Team sports is always really helpful, especially if you played, you know, college or at some higher level, because it really shows some dedication and that you are somebody who is going to show up um, and everybody yeah, wants to know that. Your, and put the team above yourself. So that's Indeed. always super, super Indeed. Important. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'll usually encourage people to list, you know, on their resume, like list skill sets at the bottom. It's kind of your ta-da at the bottom of your resume where oh, you... Yeah 
and, you know, on something really great. And you just list out a couple of categories. Maybe it's like technical skills. Maybe it's skills that are particular to that industry, like marketing or, you know, wine knowledge or um, languages or maybe it's a, some softer skills like communication or, you know, conflict management or DEI, or you have some things like that, that you can kind of play off of as well that are, are true about you, but maybe you didn't list them anywhere else, you know, because it wasn't a job in particular, you know, or one of the requirements for that job, but that's something that you do and that you bring with you when you are at work. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really, really good point. So, okay. We've developed our brand. We've sort of gotten our, 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 concept together of who we are. Um, what do we do with that now? <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously I, I definitely want to talk about LinkedIn and that's one of the key places where you can present that brand. And, um, and, you know, as we look at a LinkedIn page, that very top part is, you know, it's called your card on LinkedIn and it's your profile picture, your background picture, your name, and, something under your name, which is called your headline. Some people, you know, it, it automatically reverts to your um, your current position or job if, if you have one. Um, but that can be changed and you can add up to four lines of information on there about you that could be keywords or descriptors about you or what you want to do in the future. Um, and so that's a great place to really truly have like a headline um, to show that professional brand on LinkedIn. Um, and people spend about 80% of their time just on that top part of the card there, looking at your picture and looking at your title. <laughs> and so really, right. you know, spending some time on that and making that meaningful is going to be where, you know, the biggest bang for the buck occurs. Is there anywhere else you can go? Yeah, on your social media or personal website, if you have one. The only thing I'm going to say about those two things is, you know, social media, obviously, you might have some personal things on there. And so if you link any of them together or reference them, be sure that they're also, you know, keeping that professional brand uh, consistent and also current. So stay up to date. Like if you have a, a, a personal website, don't just start one and then 10 years later, revisit it, you know, make sure that you're keeping it up to date to really show that like, here's who I am right now. And here's what I'm involved in right now. Um, right. You're going to have it up Instagram, there. On Instagram, you can have two accounts. Yep. And so you can, you know, because here's the thing, nothing is secret anymore. So if you have spent your, you know, misspent youth <laughs> as I did in some ways, you know, in your twenties and you're posting all kinds of stuff all over Instagram, maybe nothing terrible, but it doesn't really fit your brand today, just start a new, more professional page and you can keep your old Insta for fun. But, you know, make sure that when, you know, if you're going to apply for a, a position, give them the professional Instagram page, then they right. won't go looking for your page. That's um, right. You know, I think that that's, you know, fun is fun and people know that. Um, but, you know, not everybody needs to know all your silliness. And I think having a professional page is really helpful on Instagram. That's right. Uh, it's, exactly. it's become kind of a bigger deal. Yeah. I think also um, your resume is obviously one of the, the key places that you're going to um, show your brand off. Um, and here's one tip that I always encourage, which is keep a master copy of your resume, whether that be on, you know, Google Docs or wherever it is you decide to keep it, that's actually going to be a live document. And, right. you know, I'll say this about LinkedIn and your resume, they're both live documents, you're constantly adding to them every time you learn something new, or do a different part of your job, or, you know, get a new job or whatever, 
get a wine, be, get, you know, pass a, take a class or right. something like that. We should be updating, you know, those constantly. And so there should be live documents that we continually add to. And so having that in mind, um, you have a master copy that literally has everything. And so maybe, you know, you've heard the, the old adage of like, keep, you know, just three to five bullets per job or something, bullet points, you know, but really maybe your master copy has 10 to 20, you know, bullet points because it really covers everything that you did while you were there. But then you just pull out those three to five when you go to apply to that specific job. And you think about, you know, which of these tasks is really relevant to the, the job that I'm applying to right now? What are they asking for? And where did I do that in the past um, or currently that I can show, you know, and really highlight at this point in time? And it doesn't mean that like that, that the job keeps changing depending on which job you're applying to or that you're being dishonest about what you did. Really, the case is that you're just highlighting the areas that they want to know about because any recruiter reading through a resume doesn't want to read through everything you did. They just want to know, did you do the things that I needed you to do? (laughs) You know, do you have the skill sets I'm looking for? And so if you're able to say that, you know, in a really nice, concise way, then that's perfect. But you don't want to lose track of all the other things that you did as well. And so keep that master copy um, and and include it. And, and for my coaching clients, I tell them all the time, you're going to, you should tweak a resume for almost any job you apply for. And when you're looking at a job description, you know, they're telling you what they want. They're telling you what they're looking for. If you just have one standard resume that you send out to everybody, what you're saying, you know, you're just handing it out there and saying, well, I know you gave me a list of what you want, but here's my resume. You figure out whether I have that, those skills or not, as opposed to, looking at the job description and make sure that that managing that hiring manager can find easily find the things that they're looking for. So you may have things that you're really, really proud of on a resume that are completely irrelevant to the job you're applying for. Either take them out completely or, or at least physically minimize the real estate it's taking up in favor of giving more real estate to the things that they are looking for. Um, you don't want to make the hiring manager look too hard for for the person that they're looking for. Exactly. I actually heard one hiring manager said that they only spend about five to seven seconds on resume sometimes. Yeah. And so, you know, they want to be able to glance at it and really just see, like, do they have these key sets of skills that I'm I'm looking yep. for to hire in this specific position? Um and, you know, on that resume, you know, thinking about that as your brand, I mean, it's, it's almost as if, you know, that master copy is your full brand and everything that you represent and, you know, all of your experiences. And then when you go to apply to that job, you're really just shining light on some key areas right. um, for that specific job. I think also another place to, you know, show off your brand is when you're attending events. You know, be ready to network and to represent your personal brand, bring business cards or your resume or uh, your one page is another kind of form of resume that's a little more visual. Um, yeah, store another it on your phone. Store it on mm-hmm. your phone so you can send it while you're talking to that person. Say, oh, let me do it right now. What's your email address? You know, exactly. You know, LinkedIn actually even has this, um, if you haven't seen it yet, and I wish I had a screen to be able to show you because it's one of those fun, like, aha moments. But they, if you they can't see us anyway, but if you, if you take out your LinkedIn and you click on the search screen, just click on it, um, it'll show up a little uh, square box over to the right. 
you click on that and a QR code comes up that you can scan other people's when you're at a conference or an event. And literally, you can connect with them instantly on LinkedIn instead of actually passing a physical business card. Um, but now you've got a connection instantly on there at a quick note. And now you're you know connected that. on there. And so that's a really fun way as well. Um, it's kind of a party trick that you can teach others at conferences yeah, and stuff. I'm gonna do that. that. I love it. Makes that. you all of a sudden an expert too. <laughs> so right, that's fun. <laughs> that's fun. I love that. That's see. I now the student becomes the teacher, or the teacher becomes the student. I love it. Okay, so let's you know we let's talk a little bit about networking um, because that's you know so crucial. As with most things, it's really really important that you have your network out there. So tell us about that. Sure. This is really the place to, you know, keep the conversation going. And you do this at lots of spaces, uh, networking. And I know um, I I personally work with students, you know, who are not all extroverts. Um, I'm actually somewhere in the middle between introvert and extrovert. Uh, Most people don't know that they just assume I'm an extrovert, but it, it does take effort. And so, for people who are, you know, a little more quiet or want to keep to themselves, this can be really taxing for them. But um, it is one of the the most important things you can do is really just kind of get yourself out there. And if you come up with kind of a system to do it, it will help you to just walk through the steps as opposed to feeling like it's a ton of work when it comes time to do it. And places that you can do that are like wine events, conferences, courses on podcasts, responding, you know, making comments. You don't have to say anything. You just type something on a screen, you know, and those are great places to be able to connect with others. Um, Looking up local wine education and tasting events, like you mentioned, going to tasting rooms and vineyards, you know, talking. And and don't forget wine bars. (laughs) Wine bars, all of those. Yeah. And, you know. Um, funny story, but I was at a, a party last night even and had the opportunity to um, taste a bunch of wines that they had out. And somebody had given them this random bottle that was from a Texas winery, you know, and I was like, hey, you know what? Funny story. I've been there. <laughs> and so it just kind of got the conversation going. But if I hadn't shared that fact, I wouldn't have even had anything to talk about, you know. And so just finding places of commonality and then talking about it, sharing it with one another. Right, right. Um, you know, on LinkedIn, obviously, like I said, this is the best place to do it today online for sure to to be able to network um, be, be strategic about it. You know, like when you're on LinkedIn, you can connect with lots of people on LinkedIn, but think about the people that are in the industry and doing the jobs that you want to do and then search them out. Um, literally become a professional stalker. (laughs) This is a great way to research others, you know, look at their LinkedIn profile, see what they have on their LinkedIn and what is their skill sets and training? What do you have in common with them? Did you go to the same school? Did you live in the same town? You know, do you have some interesting training background that's similar? Um, Where have they worked before? What are they posting about? Who are they following? Literally look at all of those things. And then whenever you look at someone else's LinkedIn, they, they see that you've looked at them or that someone has looked at them recently. It comes up and, and will tell you about that. But be humble and authentic and reach out. Add a note. Connect right. with them. You know, like connect with them and add a note. Just let them know, yep, I was looking and here's why. I'm Cindy. I know you through this connection or I was led to you because of this reason. Um, and say something complimentary. I noticed that you, you know, have training in this field. I've always been wanting to know about that. 
And then lastly, end with a question, like literally keep this whole thing short and simple in that note, you know, maybe three sentences tops where you authentically, you know, introduce yourself, tell them who you are. And then in the middle, you are saying something nice about them and then end with a question. Um, Tell me about when you were at so-and-so, you know, training or school or What's it, you know, the culture like at this particular place that you're working at right now? You're not asking for a job. You're not, you know, trying to get them to, you know, give you a hand up. You're literally just starting a conversation. And um, this is a really safe space to do it. People can choose to respond or not. But I've definitely found that during the pandemic, they are more likely to respond more often than not. There are some that just ignore it. And that's fine, too. Um, but those that respond now you've got some really great new connections. And I even tell my students, like one way to do this really quickly and easily and build your connections is to come up with that kind of formula where maybe you reach out to just alumni who come from a particular school that you were at Mm -hmm. and you say, I see you're an alum from so-and-so I'm currently enrolled in a program. And then you give your compliment and you're asked your question. Now you have a new connection. That's an alum from the school you went to totally willing to help, you know, help you and right. figure out what to do next. So some really great ways to connect. And you can send out 10 of those in like a minute, <laughs> you know. Yeah, no, that that's a great, that's really a great way to connect. And, you know, it's funny, even on Instagram, I've had some great connections. You wouldn't think, but like, for instance, I connected with Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits Talent Acquisition Team on on Instagram of all places. And, and they're going to, you know, I've hooked them up with some interviews on the podcast because they, they're such a wealth of information. You know, you'd be surprised how people are so willing to share themselves when it's genuine, you know, when somebody's yeah. really genuine. Also, I think now I have a, I wrote an article funny a couple of months ago for the Academy for the Nap Valley Wine Academy. I'll put the link to that in the show notes. It's in the it's uh, in on our website, NapValleyWineAcademy.com, under resources, then look for articles. And it's under there. Just type in the search engine networking, and it'll pop up. But um, but I'll put the, the link in um, because this is such an important thing. And I'll just give you a really quick example. You know, I live I live in Napa and I want to, you know, start getting more involved from on a volunteer basis for in my wine community. Um, of course, I'm, I'm very involved in wine from a business standpoint. So I went on, I live in the region called Oak Knoll District, and I went on their website and looked at their membership page and come to find out you don't have to be a winemaker or, a, or own a vineyard to become a member of their wine growers association. So I joined and I instantly met like 37 new contacts and um, you know, we they get together a couple times a year and it's social more for me, but it's, it's also led to a couple of clients. And I think that that's such an easy way um, of expanding, you know, your horizons. And it, you, it has to be intentional, though. You have to network with a, a bit of intention. If you just wait for it to happen, um, not much happens. And, you know, with this and, you know, uh, just looking for jobs in general, you're only going to get out as much as you put in. So the more effort you put out, the more effort you put into it, the the more opportunities, you know, will kind of come your way. So let's real quick, um, let's, I'm going to skip us down to LinkedIn to that last sort of big bucket. We've talked a little bit about LinkedIn, but there's so much more to LinkedIn than anybody realizes and I, I only found this out when um, I was downsized out of a job many years ago, 
and they sent me to, you know, they sometimes will hook you up with a recruiter, not a recruiter, but a, um, like a outplacement company. And I went to one of their, one of their seminars. It was all about LinkedIn and boy, it was completely eye-opening to me. Yeah, there is definitely a lot to learn. And I do have to give credit to um, friends along the way who have helped me um, with my LinkedIn and my LinkedIn knowledge, really. But um, yeah, the more you use it, the more you realize, oh, there's so much more to learn. <laughs> and so um, I mean, I could, you could spend hours on here. But remember, if you just, you know, carve out that one hour, two times a week, whatever it is, you know, and you stay to that, it'll come up again next week and you can do more then. <laughs> But right. there's a lot to do on LinkedIn. Um, and one of the things I didn't mention about your personal brand, too, that I wanted to go back to was um, including an about section. You may need to add one if you don't have it already. And in that about section, you're going to answer more of those questions about tell me a little bit about yourself. You're going to say you're more. Talking, you're talking about the about section on of LinkedIn. Your LinkedIn. Yeah. Your profile. Right. Yeah. Okay, on your profile, on your LinkedIn the about section, um, really, you know, kind of flesh out a little bit more about yourself. I always say in that first paragraph, you know, that's where you would kind of answer that quick, you know, uh, what, what you currently are doing and what kinds of projects you work on, what kind of work you want to do, that sort of thing. But then maybe in the second paragraph, you talk a little more about, um, you know, a, a particular project that you've worked on that you're really proud of, or someplace where you've experienced success in your, in your workspace or, you know, why it is you're so passionate about wine, even. Um, that's a great space to talk a little more about that and to list out again, like all of those skill sets that you have and the things that you want to do with it, you know, going into the future. But that's one place to kind of flesh out that um, brand. The other thing on LinkedIn, you know, if you um, thinking about search tools on there, if you um, follow some companies, I mean, I mentioned following, you know, going on and searching people, um, and it could be people that, you know, are working at a company you want to work at, or it could be people who have the title that you eventually want to have, um, you know, VP of marketing at wine, you know, winery, um, and that's what you want to do, then that's what you're going to search out. But maybe even you're just following some companies that are on there. So, you know, what, if you like, again, if you could close your eyes and just dream, like, where am, you know, where am I, if I'm at my dream job, what are the companies that kind of come to, you know, top of mind right away? that you would want to, you know, land at, go on and follow them, click the little follow button on their site. And then their whatever comes up, you know, they're posting regularly is going to come up in your feed regularly. And we, we didn't even talk about the, the feed on, on LinkedIn. You know, when you go to your homepage on LinkedIn, when you first open it up, um, it's like a newspaper, all kinds of, you know, articles and posts come up on there and everybody that you're connected to, um, whatever they've posted recently is going to show up in that feed. And also all the companies that you're following, whatever they're posting is going to show up in your feed. Well, one of the reasons why LinkedIn is so important and why it's so important for you to strategically reach out to a network of people that are doing the things you want to do is because if you post something on your LinkedIn page and one of them likes it, then everybody that they're connected to will also see it on their feed. And so if I have 3,000 connections in the wine industry and you post something and I like it or comment on it, now all of my 3,000 wine industry connections will see it on their feed as well. And so you get this exponential visibility in a field that you want to go into. 
And so think about that for just a minute. And now you want to spend at least one day a week networking with people in the industry. Um, and that's why. And then maybe one day a week you spend posting something about, you know, uh, look what they're doing over at this winery. Or isn't it fascinating what, you know, what science is bringing to the wine industry today? Or, um, you know, just tasted this last week and love to pair it with, you know, this meal. But the best part was with friends, you know. I don't know. It could be anything, really, yeah. that you and, just... And I- I kind of want to touch on that for a minute because this is something that um, that it, I, that I learned, and I do it. I don't do it enough because I'm not, but I'm not looking for a job. But if I were looking for a job, I would do it a lot more. But I tell all my coaching clients on LinkedIn, write original content. It's great to like someone else's content, and you can even share it on your feed, which is always fun. Especially, you know, this is a way people say, "Well, I don't have any wine experience. How do I overcome that?" Well, this is a great way to do that. If you're studying for an exam or if you just love wine and you're having a bottle of Brunello tonight, write something about Brunello and then post it on LinkedIn. As an, You can even do it as an article. So if you open up LinkedIn and you see at the very top, it says start a post near there, right underneath that says write an article. You can put pictures of your bottle. You can do all kinds of beautiful things there. The only thing I would, so just write, show your wine chops, show, show your passion for wine and people will realize, okay, maybe they don't have industry experience, but they have other qualities and they're clearly passionate. Um, one thing I do caution people though, do not write tasting notes. Right. It's a snooze fest. Nobody wants to read someone else's tasting notes because they can't taste the wine at the same time. You can, if you want to just say, oh, well, it was a bright, refreshing wine, something very simple, but don't write like a WSET formal <laughs> tasting note um, because that's not really uh, what people are looking for. Tell the story about the vineyard or the winery or who owns the winery or the, re- you know, talk about why the region is such a great region. Tell a story, but, you know, just plain old tasting notes are not enough. Um, but that's a really, really, and, you know, that's a great way. And join groups that you can then tag in these, you know, like there's all kinds of wine job uh, groups on LinkedIn and you can follow them and then you can tag them and then your content goes out to their universe as well. So that's one of my little suggestions that I give to my, um, to my coaching clients. Hopefully it's good. Those are really helpful tips. I mean, I, I'm also encouraging people just to, to utilize LinkedIn and even just Google search, you know, some keywords, uh, maybe it's, you know, WSET or, you know, Napa Valley Wine and whatever the title is of the position that you want to eventually land and find out who's right. doing that right now. Uh, that's right. one way to, you know, find out some connections with people, but also to um, kind of figure out who's who's doing what I want to do and what, what, what experience do they have. Right. Um, right. I think also, you know, just setting your personal job search settings on LinkedIn. Some people don't know that they can do that. You know, there is that little, it's like a briefcase up at the top of your LinkedIn um, panel and it says jobs. You know, that's where you can search for jobs, but you can also set it to notify you when particular, you know, uh, jobs come available, whether it's, you know, that particular industry or that job title or in a specific area. You can even, you know, set, you know, the the guidelines for all sorts of things on there to notify you uh, when things become available. And that's a really great way to, you know, know instantly, okay, this job's available, you know, I need to apply within the week, you know, for this new job that I, I've been wanting to get. 
because that's really the best way, the best way to find a job is obviously to get out there and do it, you know, to, to apply for them. Right. Yeah. Finding good ways to search, um, for jobs. And and that's one of the the very best, you know, if you're here in California and you're looking for a job at a winery, winejobs.com is a great resource. But beyond that, when you're looking around the country, if you're in other States, some distributors and wineries will post on wine jobs, but it's not as common as it would be if you were here in California. So I think LinkedIn is a, a better place if you're not, you know, really just looking to work in a tasting room or get a winemaking job, that type of thing. Sure, sure. I think LinkedIn is a, is a great place for that. Are you willing to tell us how we can <laughs> or sure. find you? Sure. Well, obviously, you can find me on LinkedIn. <laughs> yes. Um, and is it, just, well, is it just Cindy Peck? or is actually, it Cindy-, Cindy Richmond Peck is my full name on there. And um, yeah, I would be happy to connect with you. But if you do find me on LinkedIn, and I'll know if you're searching me out because I have a premium account, (laughs) Um, I'll I'll see you. I know who you are. Um, Be sure to connect with me. Press the connect button and then add a note. Tell me how you you know heard about me or that you heard us here on on uh, this podcast today. And um, and then ask me a question. What do you want to know? What do you want to do next? You know, what are you interested in? That's how you start the conversation. And, yeah. um, so and Cindy, I, Cindy Richmond Peck on yeah, LinkedIn. R- I, will put the, M-O-N-D, yeah. <laughs> I will put the link in the show notes for that. Great. Great. Yeah. I would love to connect with you there. Um, obviously you can also find me at the Drecker School of Management and, um, that would be the, the Drecker website, cgu.edu, uh, Claremont Graduate University. Uh, Drecker School of Management, and then just a backslash careers, because uh, that's my office. And you'll find me on there as well. And we'll be happy to put that in the in the notes yeah. as well. That was a little longer to write down, but I'm yeah. going to send you that and I will For put sure. it in the show notes when we publish. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. yeah, I'd be happy to connect with anyone, you know, looking to continue in the in the wine industry, because I, I want to be connected to, to you as well. So <laughs> for sure. Well, Cindy, I I honestly, I can't thank you enough. I think this has been a really good, you know, this is almost like, uh, like a private tutoring class or or coaching Mm -hmm. class for our students. Um, You know, sometimes I have winemakers on and sometimes I have distributors on, but, you know, with your expertise, I think the information that you've given us today is so actionable and uh, really helps people understand that you have to be intentional looking for a job. You have to make that time commitment and the branding. I think, you know, thinking of yourself as a brand, I think, I think is very, very valuable and very helpful. Well, Karen, thank you so much. I mean, I, you know, that I listen to your podcast regularly and so did have a bit of a fangirl moment when we got to chat and (laughs) really appreciate being asked. And, you know, it was like, Hey, you want to interview me? (laughs) So I think this is I'll really, really one who can help my audience. <laughs> I've, I've learned so much from you um, and have really appreciated your voice, um, um, you know, during this time when I was job searching as well. And so um, you asked great questions on the show and love, oh, to, love to hear and see, what, you know, how it all pans out for people and where, where they're at in their career search. Yeah, excellent. Well, thanks again, Cindy. And of course, audience, thank you for joining me again and and, uh, listening. And I really think, uh, I hope you're going to take away as much out of this as as I did. If I were looking for a job, I'd be all over all of your suggestions, Cindy. They were great. So thanks, everybody. And we'll see you in the next episode.
Thanks to all of you for joining, and I hope today's show has inspired you to make a career out of your passion for wine. If you'd like to have a one-on-one career coaching session with me, just use the link in the show notes for more information or to schedule an appointment. This podcast is all about helping you follow your dreams, so feel free to send us your suggestions for guests or topics through our email link that's listed in the show notes. And it means an awful lot when you share us with friends or leave a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening. I hope you'll join us again for our next episode.